0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this appreciate you taking the time to tune into the podcast here and to have a listen. So I know your time is valuable. So we really appreciate it here. So, uh, so this is the start of a three-part series with, uh, Minnesota bear guide and bear hunter, Jimmy Walner. We had a great conversation with him that, uh, um, we talked for a long time and, uh, it was really, really great. So I didn't want to, uh, just throw a bunch of information at you all at once. So we're going to split this up probably into three parts. So, um, But uh, really excited about it. So um, hope you, hopefully you enjoy it. So before we get into the podcast, so we got a few pieces of business I want to go over. Uh, first thing is a little about what's happening here at the podcast. So um, first off, I want to apologize for the hiatus that uh, went through last week. So um, my wife and I, uh, welcome to new little bear hunter into the world. So we had a little boy and I'm um, very happy about that. It's our second, second son. So uh, hopefully, hopefully get him out running some bear baits here in the next month. That'd be pretty cool. So, <laughs> but um, anyway, so, so that's why I was sort of disappeared for the last week. So we apologize for that, but uh, you know, stuff happens. So, but yeah. Um, and uh, also what's going on here is um, we're getting ready for fall bear season. Uh, I went out a few weeks ago with um, uh, for Michigan uh, hound training season opener. So you're allowed to start training hounds July 8th here. So I went out with uh, Clint Mitchell, who we did a podcast with a couple months ago, and uh, had a great day for opening day of uh, bear training season. So we um, are running hounds here in the western UP of Michigan where I live. We struck a bear off the road somewhere in the middle of the woods and, um, uh, proceeded to chase that same bear about 15 miles, so it was crazy. It's one of the nice things about having tons of public land out here is you can just go, 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 but, um, so we chased the bear about 15 miles and, uh, we saw the bear cross the road and, uh, um, really didn't expect it to go where it did, but, uh. Um, we did not end up training the bear. We got to a swamp way at the end of the race and uh, uh, the hounds lost the bear. So, but it was pretty cool. So the, do- the dogs did great, but, you know, it's just the start of training season. So they're really, really tired. So it was awesome. We got to see the bear and it was good stuff. So, but uh, hound hunting is a lot of fun and it's definitely uh, um, it's not the way it's perceived by most, that's for sure. So it's a lot of fun and quite challenging so it was pretty cool so we did that and um now we're getting ready for minnesota bear hunting season so um as if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit you know that myself and uh buddy i was in the marines with both drew minnesota bear tags for way way northern minnesota and um been putting in for about three years so pretty happy to draw the tag it's my first time hunting minnesota so but um we went up there a couple months ago and uh did a scouting trip and picked out five spots we want to get six spots picked out um we're going to start out with six and maybe you know we'll shut down bait sites as the three or the two-week baiting season progresses but um yeah, we were looking, it was looking really good. So tons of great area. I mean, just ideal bear habitat up there. And so I uh, found some bear sign, and uh, which is quite, you know, it, when you're out scouting and you actually see bear sign, that's quite, um, that's when you know there's bears around because they don't tend to leave a whole lot of sign. You have to, you know, they don't leave big, like, foot imprints like a deer or a moose would, you know, they they're... Their pads spread their weight so well that you can't really find tracks very well. So you got to really know what you're looking for when you're looking for bear sign. But um, we found a little bit. But uh, the big thing is um, we found some good swamps and uh, some berry patches and stuff that looked really, really good. So uh, I I can't wait to get the baits out there. It's just it's going to be fun. So I really want to see what's going on out there. I mean, it's just the kind of area there should be some big, big bears. So... But uh, yes, that'll be fun, and getting to enjoy bear camp with uh, one of my marine buddies, so really looking forward to that. And then uh, the other thing is I got a Michigan bear tag, uh, my my typical late season Michigan bear hunt. Um, I do not know at this time if I'm going to utilize that tag, though. Um, The reasons why is it's a long baiting season, um, and with a newborn in the house, it's just it's going to be a lot of work, um, as always, but, um, I'm not sure yet, so we're going to see how Minnesota goes, and if, uh, I don't want to divide my, um, divide my, my energy, so to speak, um, with it, because Michigan bear hunting requires a lot of time and effort to do right, and I don't know, Minnesota's going to be sort of a sprint, you know, you start baiting middle of August and hunt by September 1st, so, um is going to be quite the, uh, um, it's going to take a lot of time and effort, and with a young family, that might be a bit much, so we might be uh, eating the Michigan bear tag this year, but we're not sh- I don't know yet, I'm not sure, we'll see, so, and then uh, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about, um, uh, for personal stuff, is um, we're looking ahead to next spring already, and uh, I want to get out for a spring bear hunt next year, and um I want to go big, I want to go to a, um, for a spawn stock bear hunt, and I'm thinking British Columbia next year. So, um, that being said, um, and the reason why I want to do British Columbia is I, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere for a spring bear hunt and do a spawn stalk hunt, I want it to be, you know, fab, just a, um, top notch hunt, and, you know, British Columbia, they've got some giant, giant bears there. I mean, that's not all that matters to me, but, um if I'm going to go and do my first spawn stock hunt, you know, I want to do it right. So um, that's why I'm certainly leaning towards British Columbia. But that being said, um, if you want to join me and the bear hunting podcast crew here um, for this, for a British Columbia bear hunt, um, email me or message me and I'll tell you some of the details about what's going on. We haven't really officially unveiled it yet, but uh, if you're um, interested in what, um, what we we're thinking uh, and you want to come along, uh, we got some slots the week that we're looking to go. I already talked to the outfitter, and um, so. But uh, if you're interested in going, let me know. Um, email me at bearhuntingpodcast@gmail.com at or send me a message on Instagram or Facebook, and uh, I'll let you know the details. So, all right. So, um, let's talk about the partners of this podcast for a second. And you know, with with partners for this podcast, right? So, you know. You know, technically I'm advertising and stuff, right? But it's not really like that. So with with this um, podcast, right, my goal is isn't like to monetize this or make this some, um, you know, throw you know product spam down your throat and get you to buy stuff for somebody, right? You know, the only reason I I have partners for this podcast is because they're, they're things that I actually use myself. Like if, if they said, no, I don't want to be a partner with you. I'd be like, all right, fine. But can I buy some stuff anyway? You know, like it's not, I'm not, um, my intentions with this aren't to try to sell you just something just, uh, so I can fill an advertising plus slot or something. Right. I mean, you know, my podcast is pretty young at this point, but already I've been approached by, um, um, like, podcasting networks or whatever and wanting me to monetize and fill a bunch of, the, um, advertising slots. And I'm just not interested in that. That's not the point of why I'm doing this. So my, my reason is really to talk about bear hunting with people and, um, to, you know, get good information out there. Cause there really isn't a, you know, especially on podcasts, there's no other bear hunting podcast. And, and really in terms of bear hunting information, um, it's very incomplete not very detailed you know and so that's the point of this podcast is to be the best source for bear hunting information that you can get right and so for me to try to monetize that and throw a bunch of products spam down your throat that's just not what i want to do so you know that being said if if i'm advertising somebody on here it's because i actually use them and I actually believe in them, and I think that they will help you out as a bear hunter. That's the only reason I would do that. So, like, for instance, um, you know, the Bear Hunting Podcast is partnered with Batum 907 Bear Attractants. Um, they're out of Alaska, and I personally use Betam 907 for years. Um, I think they're fantastic. I've had nothing but success. Um, I would not use bear attractants, and I would, and I'd use theirs, and it's differences night and day you put out um you know you put out uh, say one day um i put out they sent me a freebie uh, this was years ago but they sent me a freebie spearmint smear right <clears throat> jested over a and i7 um, and i couldn't believe the amount of bears that showed up that night when i used it i mean it was crazy i went from you know typical like five bears or something to like 15 in one night it was insane, you know, and so, um, you know, the, I wouldn't advertise for them if I didn't believe in them, but they are something I use. Like if they're like, eh, Matt, we're not gonna, we're not gonna partner with you or whatever. Be like, all right, well, can I get some <laughs> blueberry smear, you know? And so, but, um, so yeah, but anyway, beta my7 um check them out uh i love their attractants um i pretty much bought stock and i pretty much bought them out of blueberry this year um there's going to be a, at least in the great lakes region there's going to be a bumper crop of blueberries this year uh, blueberries and raspberries especially um and so uh, uh blueberry scents are going to be uh you know sort of like match the hatch which we actually talk about in this podcast a little bit but um so if you get uh a blueberry attractant. It's going to be extremely effective this year, um, at least from what I've seen. So in the past. So um, anyway, but uh, Badeum 907's got a ton of um, blueberry flavored scents or whatever scents you want. Um, so uh, I'm going to be using a whole variety of stuff this year. So I'm pretty excited from that for them. So, but um, anyway, so check them out at Badeum907.com. And then another advertiser—not advertiser, but partner—that I um, that we're, we've got partnered with the podcast is Bear Hunting Magazine. I, you know, subscribed to Bear Hunting Magazine um, for a long time. Um, used to before I even subscribed to them, I'd, I'd buy their magazine off the, the print rack right before bear season, just to get me sort of pumped about you know bear hunting. So. But, uh, and I've always learned a bunch of good stuff from them and, um, but, uh, yeah, so definitely check them out. And, uh, a little teaser, we've got the editor and publisher of bear hunting magazine coming back on again. He's, we already recorded the podcast, but, um, great stuff. And, um, they've got their, their, we'll call it bear hunting show, um, bear horizons. Um, they've been putting out for a few years now. Um, they've got their new season starting up again in August and, uh, We got a little teaser about one of the hunts that's going to be on there, and uh, it's insane, insane. So you definitely want to check them out, um, that out, and I'm sure there's going to be articles about in the magazine. But uh, if you do um, subscribe to the magazine, use the promo code BHP when you check out, and you'll get $5 off a subscription. So um, that'd be really great, and uh, uh, definitely do that. So... All right, so last thing I want to talk about is, uh, um, let's get the word out about, I, I really would appreciate it if you could get help me get the word out about this podcast. So um, if you're on social media um, or hunting forums or something, do me a favor and share, you know, like an episode that you really like, like this one or any of the previous ones or maybe the Bear Hunting Podcast social media page or something. If you could do that, that would be really appreciated just to get the word out about this podcast. So, um, you know, with the podcast, we're just all word of mouth here. So, um, if you could help me get the word out about this podcast, yeah, like if you're in a, a hunting group or something on, on Facebook or whatever, please share it to that. Those are the best. So, and then, um... If you got questions or whatever you can email me or message me on facebook or instagram so um the email for the podcast is bearhuntingpodcast at gmail.com so if you could uh if you got questions or concerns or comments or um if you got questions that you think or suggestions for somebody that you want on the podcast or questions that you think would be good to be talked about on the podcast just fire away I, i read them all and respond to them and try to incorporate him on so um but uh other than that let's get on this episode
1: here it's been just raining non-stop for two freaking weeks man i can't believe it
0: it it is not stopped i I thought i moved to the northwest you know the pacific northwest it just won't stop (laughs) raining
1: it's crazy unbelievable just saturated it Yep. literally it's been raining for six days straight here
0: yep yep so we got <laughs> rain every single day i thought it was going to rain today and it doesn't look like it's going to now but uh yeah basically i think i think we had one day break i think tuesday we didn't have any rain but that was it every other day it rained this week
1: it was nuts yep. nuts so, no the woods are i mean usually at this time of the year i've i've already been out and you know done a little scouting and Mm -hmm. looked over all our bait stations and everything but i just haven't had time because well for one it's been raining and the ticks are so bad up here now it's it's just brutal and it never used to be that way Mm -hmm. and everything is like a freaking jungle right now and a muddy mess you you know i i hate to even (laughs) go for it right now i'll wait till it dries out and yeah and the black flies are bad because everything's so wet and muddy so i'll just wait till they they go down and, and yep. get out there <clears throat> yep exactly actually we
0: just went out the wife and i were like all right you know i don't care we're going out in the woods today and uh <laughs> we, <laughs> we're just we're going and so we went for a walk in the trail and um actually I deer hunt down there sometimes so i was like yeah let's just go for a walk check out see what's going on and uh I'm, we all—it was me, my wife, and my two and a half-year-old son—and we all came out covered in ticks. The black flies are really bad. Um, and uh, but holy smokes, the blueberries—not not just the blueberries, the raspberries, there's blackberries, uh, the choke cherries, and there's even like wild strawberries out there. I couldn't believe sure. the berry crop that's coming out right now. I mean, nothing's ripe yet, obviously, but what's gonna be ripe?
1: Oh boy. And, you know, that's, I mean, you know, I don't really get too concerned with the, Mm -hmm. with the berry crop, you know, but I mean, it, it, it can affect you a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would rather see it. Usually by the time we're going, it's at the tail end, you know, the raspberries are pretty much done. There might be a few few blueberries around, Mm -hmm. but we, where I hunt, I really don't have that huge concentration where you can go in those patches and be like, oh yeah, man, the bears have have been in here pretty hard. I mean, I got some buddies who hunt way up the gunflint where they had the fires go through now where there's a lot of, where there can be a lot of berries up there, their baits get a little more effective. Yeah. But what they were doing for a couple of years is they were just glassing and they were shooting long distance at bears coming out in the evening, foraging on berries. That's how thick the berries were up there. I mean, wow. and plus there was no cover. There was no trees left, you know. So yeah. yep. once it started getting grown up more a little bit, then they then they went back to their baits. But there's, there's no trees for them to sit on. So what they're doing <laughs> is they're sitting on like outcroppings and looking down at their baits and it's all... Yeah. you know 30 40 yard shooting you know what i mean it's it's yeah. going to be a while before it uh, grows up up there again
0: <clears throat> yep yeah that, that's I, where i hunted at in canada it was the same thing there was a wildfire that went through i think 1999 and so you know this is 15 years later basically and um it was there was trees that were at most 10 to 12 feet tall, you know, and mm-hmm. but blue, blueberry, and ra- blueberries, and raspberries everywhere. But they, uh, yep. but I had nowhere to, I, I seriously was just like, I'm just gonna sit on the ground. I sat on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. sort of with my back against a small jack pine, 20 yards from the bait. That's sure. all to do. It worked, but it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I killed weird. a couple of
1: bears like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like I was turkey hunting. No not I, it works. I mean, as long yeah. as, uh, yep, they, you know, I pick a good spot and break up your outline a little bit. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, that's worked good for me. Yeah, like I say, I've shot a couple of bears like that myself. And one of them was a really good sized bear. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: You know, um, who was it? Uh, I read, uh, there's a guy. Oh, it's uh Richard P Smith. He, I heard he likes to hunt on just on the ground because the the thing about it, his reasoning is that well, you don't alert the bears to the fact that there's a stand there. You know, if you put a tree stand there, they know about it. But if you just go in and sit, you know, with your you know the wind in your face, um, you can it works out a little like that. So because um, sure. they don't get oh, yeah. they don't I get mean, wise they, the idea that you're even there.
1: You know. So. And he's probably right because you know i mean i and i bear hunt whenever i can get a license and i mean i've shot quite a few bears and just watching them when they come in they know where that tree stand is unless and here's the problem too you can i don't know if you're recording or not but yeah um, well
0: we uh, yeah so really quick uh welcome to the bear hunting podcast everybody um, we're, we just sort of jumped right in this, which is great. So anyway, um, I'm here with, I'm here with, uh, Jim Walner. Do you go by Jim or Jimmy?
1: Either, either yeah, one. I... My friends all call me Jimmy. So okay. yeah, but, uh, right. it don't matter.
0: Okay. Well, I'm here with Jimmy Walner then you're, uh, the, uh, you call yourself the head guide, guide owner of Fall River Outfitters.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the owner and, and, and the head guide, I'm the, I'm the grunt, pretty much of the whole operation.
0: <laughs> awesome, cool. Yep. So, um. Anyway, we're if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about uh, northern Minnesota bear hunting. So back to your point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what were you talking about? Um, um.
1: Well, when the bears come in and yeah. and and being in the stand, you know, and 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 I've had them come in and mm-hmm. with perfect wind in my favor,
2: mm-hmm. had
1: them as soon as I could see them coming down, you know, the trail, they were coming in. If I had a little, you know, if, the, if it wasn't as thick, now you have to remember by the time I get to hunt, yeah. it's usually the end of September, the last couple of weeks of October and our season yeah. usually ends the, the, the second Sunday in October. Mm-hmm. So it can, you know, the woods don't have as much foliage as when everybody else has been hunting. But yeah. they, and if, and if it's, even if it's a stand that, we haven't had anybody hunt before mm-hmm. those, those bears, those older bears, them boars, even themselves. I mean, they, they know that stand. And, yeah. and the reason they do is because there's probably a bear up here that, that at some point in its lifetime has seen a bait site. You know, I, yeah. I'm, unless they're in the boundary waters, you mm-hmm. know, they probably haven't cause you can't bait there, but, yeah, I would say almost every bear has seen a has seen a bait site at uh, at some point in its lifetime up mm-hmm. here. You know, it's just there's just you know access. There's usually roads, logging roads. You got your Forest Service roads, your state roads, and all that stuff. So there's there's access into into the deep forest anyway by four wheeler, or pickup truck, or whatever. You know, so yeah. sooner or later those bears in there meanderings through the woods are going to come upon a bait site yep. and i've seen it on on the trail cameras when the bears are coming in and they're looking right up at that tree stand to see if to see if somebody's sitting in there you know mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: and if you know one tip i could you know being a guide you know i i deal with all sorts of different uh you could say skill levels of hunters you know yeah. and and mm-hmm. across you know i'm dealing with young kids um, you know, daughters, you know, young, uh, inexperienced hunters and guys who are scared of heights
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: guys who don't like to climb into portable tree stands. You know what I mean? So we have to use a lot of ladder stands and you will find that those bears can become conditioned to those ladder stands over a hang on stand Mm -hmm. because you can hide that hang on stand a lot easier than you can a ladder stand yes. the ladder stands you know sometimes you got to <clears> brush <throat> out a little more for them so you can get a good shot uh-huh. and we run some two-man ladder stands which you know can really stick out like a sore thumb you know yeah so yeah, those hang-on stands you can you can hide them a little bit better in some in pine we like to always uh put our stands in pine trees and you mm-hmm. can just hide those hang on, hang on stands, then you you don't have this big ladder going up into the tree. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah. I always try to put, if, if it's in a, in a spot where I worry if the bear is going to notice a ladder stand right away, you know, I'll, I'll uh, tie wire, some pine boughs and stuff over it, you know, <laughs> and try to camouflage it a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, we, you know, that, that's, we have to run in for insurance purposes too the, my insurance company, you know, likes to uh, – they like to see the ladder stands. It's a safer option than mm-hmm. having somebody climb up some tree steps. But we we do use the hang-ons, and, yeah. you know, those – there's a big difference. And in, in, uh, when you start getting into educated bears that have seen – everything you know what i
2: mean
0: yep yep exactly especially those older ones they they Yeah. You
1: know, the younger ones
0: and maybe maybe those younger ones just actually haven't seen i mean i'm sure as a cub they did but you know as a cub you know going to a base set i'm sure they're not really caring too much but you know especially right. yearling right. two-year-old bears they're they're going to be a lot less wise to the idea of oh there's a hundred in there because that, that's their first time on their own like oh what's up there
1: so yeah um, right you know, so. Yeah, they're at that point in their lives, they're totally a, <laughs> oblivious to it, you know. And and yeah. I've even been hunting on stand before when a sow has come in with cubs, and she looks right up in that tree stand at you, mm-hmm. and she just turns around and leaves, and the cubs go and eat, you know. And the next thing you know, they're climbing up the tree underneath you, and, and
0: yeah. the whole
1: works, you know.
0: Yep, exactly. Matter. Okay, so uh, so the second bear I ever shot, um. I I was baiting real heavy on the stand, and there was um there was a lot of morning activity, and so I said, well, you know what? And I mean, there was I would bait you know three o'clock in the afternoon, and there would be bears seriously on this on the bait all the way from four o'clock all the way until the next morning at you know six o'clock seven o'clock, and then um
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know they come in again you know sometime at eight or nine or whatever. And so I said, well, you know, I want to get a first crack at, you know, I want to get a, a crack at a bear right at, off the get go. And so I said, I'm going to go in the morning. And so I decided, well, I'm going to sneak in the bait at dark, and I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, you know, I'll probably spook a bear off the bear bait. No big deal. I'll get in the stand and then come, you know, first light. There'll probably be a bear back on the bait, and I'll be able to to get one, right? So I sneak mm-hmm. in there, and it's like an hour before dark, <laughs> and this bear comes in, and, or I, I walk in, and I'll sure enough, I hear this bear galloping away. I'm like, okay, yep, go figure. So I just got in the stand really quick, and I'm sitting up there, and all of a sudden I hear, you know, it's completely dark, and there's this, I hear some brush moving underneath me. I'm like, huh, what's going on? all of a sudden, I, I start hearing this, this crackling get closer and closer to me, and all of a sudden, this bear starts to climb up the tree stand with me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I turned on my flashlight and get down. I can't even see. <laughs> I couldn't even see to take a shot, even if it was – and it's not like a legal shooting light either. I'm like, ah, oh. I'm realizing this is a bad idea. I'm like, get down, bear, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so – and eventually it leaves, but it, it only goes a little ways and sits down. And so um, first light comes – happens, and – it's a, uh, um, this same bear comes right back in comes into the bait. And at this point I'm still so spooked. I just blasted it. It turned out to be a two year old boar, but, um, it was sure. probably one of my smaller bears. I was like, okay, you're going down, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, to the point, you know, younger, that bear had no idea what I was. I'm sure it got a whiff sure. of me, but it was, it was probably mm-hmm. his first encounter. Like, Oh, there's a guy up here.
1: So what's this? And it. So. it, it and if that bear had been coming into that bait the whole time, mm-hmm. you know they they get conditioned to your scent and know that you are the yep. the I don't want to I guess they they don't know you're a person, but you're you're yeah. what's providing them with this free food. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that those younger bears aren't gonna be as as leery as as a big one. You know, and if and if you're baiting your baits, I mean we. We, we run ATV remote hunts and then we run our, you know, our regular guided and, and we have like a do it yourself hunt too.
2: Mm-hmm. And we
1: bait, we bait our ATV remote hunts a lot different than we do our regular guided and semi-guided. We bait those like you would do if you were doing a do it yourself hunt. We four wheeler in mm-hmm. and you know, we're dumping two, 300 pounds of bait down yep once a week and then we stay out of there yeah and basically we're we're, we're creating a dump of food you know what i mean yeah.
2: yep
1: and those bears you know we we get you get more bears in there and you get bigger bears and you know i wouldn't say that our success is any higher than what we do with our other hunts mm-hmm. but you you know when you put out more bait like that you can get more of a variety of bears coming in now the only problem when you're doing that is those bears aren't used to human activity, so you have to keep a real strict routine, you know. So if I do all my remote ATV hunts, I bait those on a Sunday, you know, Mm -hmm. if I bait, um, I start the first one at 10 in the morning and the last one ends at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. every Sunday I keep that a very strict time and then we'll try to run the hunters in there at that same time too. Mm-hmm. The only time that I, I don't like to, and this kind of goes for all my bait sites, I don't like to bait is if it's raining mm-hmm. or if it just got done raining because the woods are very quiet mm-hmm. and the bears can get really active. When I've baited in the rain in the past, mm-hmm. I've bumped a lot of bears on bait sites because they don't hear you coming. And as soon as it quits raining or if you have a light rain, Mm -hmm. They're going to be on those baits right away. You know what I mean? Yep. And once you, up here, once you bump a mature boar or sow off a bait, Mm -hmm. two things, one of two things happens. He's gone for good, more than likely, or they're nocturnal,
2: you know? Yeah.
1: And then the game's over. I mean, when you're talking, especially up here, we don't have the weights like they do in Wisconsin or Canada. Yeah. So, like I said, most of these bigger bears have seen bait sites. I've skinned a lot of big bears that have had broadheads in them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pieces of bullet, slugs, the whole nine yards. So <laughs> they know they know the game. So you you pretty much up here, any bear over 200 pounds, you know, I consider that a mature boar up here who's pretty much seen everything. And you get one shot at him. You get one opportunity to kill that bear, and everything has got to fall into place. You know, you keep your strict routine. You know, try to play the wind as much as you can. That, you know, that can sometimes be an issue up here. You know, if we have some wind during the day, you know, most of the time it calms down in the evening, and then if we're hunting down in a cedar swamp or a black spruce swamp or a tamarack or something like that, mm-hmm. then you get the the wind swirl effect. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you can be sitting there one, you know, one second checking with your puffer or whatever, and the wind's perfect, and you go to hit it thirty seconds later, and it's blowing, you know, right to where you're expecting the bear to come from.
0: Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Definitely. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. It. How do you do? De- so, so say you have that going. How do you deal with that? If if you've got for sure a swirling wind like that, what do you what do you do to deal with that? In a, especially in this the proximity swamp, you know.
1: There's pretty much there's pretty much nothing you can do. You know what I mean? You usually once you get down to that magic hour, you know that hour before dark, that prime time, forty five minutes or whatever. Usually everything just like this if if you've been hunting in a cedar swamp or something all of a sudden there's just like everything goes quiet and still if you know what I'm talking yeah, about and it's yeah. just like if you get like this eerie no <laughs> sound nothing you know and then that's when all of a sudden and I've and I've had this happen to myself and other clients you 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 automatically get the I was just sitting there looking and all of a sudden, he was at the bait. Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: I didn't hear him coming, and I never saw him. And, I mean, I, I I remember one bear I shot one time. I thought I heard a noise behind me, and I turned around and looked. And I, I mean, we're talking a split second. And I looked over down at the bait, and there was a bear sitting there looking right at me. Mm-hmm. And that was after, a, like, a little rain shower had come through. Yep and had stopped and it was that all of a sudden it was, you know, half hour before dark and it got to be where like you could hear a mouse fart Yeah, and it was just quiet. And, and then all of a sudden he, he just appeared and he was, he was sitting there, you know, we're in the position to where, you know, we, we, uh, we can't like pick and choose what we're going to do. You know, we're dealing with people who they come and they want to hunt, you know what I mean? So we, when we talk to them, we try to feel them out as best as we can, you know, and we kind of, when we had a lot of tags, I could pick and choose the hunters. I could, you know, I could say, okay, well, these guys are more serious and, I don't have to worry about them, you know, Mm -hmm. now with, you know, there's only 500 tags available for our zone and there's 3,600 people applying for them. You know, we pretty much, we got to take everybody because I have to make some sort of profit to be able to function the next year, you know, on my expenses, you know, we can get into that later, but I have to cover my expenses before. So we try to feel them out. And most people that we take, I would say 90% of them are just either looking to shoot their first bear Mm -hmm. or they want to shoot a bear because, you know, either they have a, they got a thousand dollars invested into a fully guided hunt. You know, they want to fill their tag and we want to see everybody fill their tag, you know? Mm -hmm. So if we were to, you know, try to play every win scenario that we could, Mm -hmm. you know, realistically, we would never hunt yeah because it 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 changes so much you know what i mean yep but if we do get a guy or people who we've taken before that uh you know are are you know they want to shoot a big bear and you know we do shoot some big bears every year yeah if they're willing to you know sit out a night you know Mm -hmm. we'll we'll work with them to try to to try to get a bigger bear you know what i mean but we can't with everybody you know we when we try to set up the stands you know most of our wind direction up here at that time of the year is usually out of the west or north northwest or the south southwest so we try to set up our bait sites that way we if we can and we try to use you know like uh, a clear cut or a beaver pond or even a road for uh, a blocker to try to keep the bears from circling if we can um uh, we have one bait site that's, you know, probably one of our better bait sites for n- not only shooting some decent sized bears, but every year we usually shoot a bear off it. It's literally forty or fifty yards off a gravel road with, that gets a lot of lot of traffic on it, mm-hmm. and the and there's a beautiful swamp right there. The tree is just that perfect cedar tree where you can get uh, a hang on stand up there and you're well hidden. Yeah. And as soon as the bears pop out of that thick, uh, Cedar swamp there, right on top of the bait. You know what I mean, and you don't have to worry about them circling. I mean, if you if you were driving down that road slow enough, you if you knew where to look, you could see that guy sitting in the tree. <laughs> nice. And it mm-hmm. it it's just been one of our best bait sites. But if you're gonna use roads as obstacles to say to keep the bear from circling, you want to make sure that you're using You know, like a blacktop county road or even a busy highway or something like that. You don't want to do it on a logging road that, you know, gets the only vehicle going down there is you. Because (laughs) if you're sitting in the tree and you got a bear coming in and then all of a sudden somebody comes by in a diesel pickup or side by side, as soon as they hear that, they're going to be out of there. You know what I mean? They're not used to that that traffic like that yeah but for the most part you know we're using beaver ponds and some clear cuts and stuff like that to various various ages to uh for obstacles and you know mm-hmm. some places we we don't have obstacles too you know we try to as much as we can we try to play that wind direction if we can but like i said you know if we if we tried to you know we everybody would be sitting at home and
2: <laughs> you know what i mean
1: only if we had 10 guys in camp one week you know three guys might be able to hunt you know what i mean and like i say you just never know what's going to happen with that wind direction yep. in the evening but like i like we talked about you know you you usually you do get that period of uh, that hour before dark that magic time where there's just that eerie silence and everything becomes quiet yep yep
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you get like, that's, also, that's like, your like, we... pupils start getting bigger. You're like, I don't know, I get in, like, a predatory
1: mode. Like, okay, it's, it's go time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, you're thinking, ah, is that a bear in the shadows? You know what I mean? And we tell everybody that's when you want to be on your, on your most alert. You know what I mean? When that time comes, you know, I mean, we always tell them to be really alert. But that's, you know, that's the magic time. That's your going to be your make or break time. And I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. we get guys, we try to, like I said, feel everybody out. We would rather put somebody in a stand for the last two hours Mm -hmm. than torture them and put them in the stand for six or eight hours, because we like to really start getting in the stands by, by noon, you know, with, with trail cameras now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can pattern those bears pretty much to a T. Yeah. And last year, I mean, we shot one that dressed out at 252 and another one that was just over 200 before one o'clock in the afternoon. Nice. We shot six bears opening day. I think we had 10 or 12 people opening day in the woods. Mm -hmm. And those five or six bears all came before five o'clock in the evening. When the other outfitter in town and everybody else is, you know, kind of just getting out into their stands, you know, yeah. so that's that's one thing to keep in mind. I mean, if you if you got that bear for a week or two weeks straight, he's he's coming in at this time. The bear that you want to kill,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, go for it. You know what I mean? It, uh, yeah. Just you know, <clears throat> get in that stand and and try to go for him.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. <clears throat> that's interesting
0: now now something you were talking about earlier so the, you were saying the bears get used to um your scent if you're baiting a stand every single day because you've got you you do two you've got two separate you got your remote baits that you bait once a week and you've got your cool not not as remote baits that are you know every day or every other day or whatever do the bear you were saying that the bears get used to your scent and When you're baiting those, um, do you find that bigger bears are still coming into those baits you bait every day? Like they're not, they're getting tolerant of your scent.
1: Yeah. I mean, when we, on those baits, we bait them every other day and Mm -hmm. then we go in, I mean, I should say I go in Mm -hmm. and I usually bait with a full five gallon pail, sometimes a little bit more and always a five gallon or four gallon jug of, of fryer oil. Uh Uh-huh. And usually a five gallon pail up here, even if I have multiple bears on that bait, I mean, yeah, they're gonna eat it mostly all in one night.
2: yeah,
1: but what that what I've found over the years is is that you give them that one night of of quiet time of no human activity in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of essential for your bigger bears. You know, they don't like a lot of human activity, even. You know, we bait some private property um, and when I, before we could use barrels, you know, I was baiting them every day and even around that human activity, Mm -hmm. we get some big bears coming in, but they, they were a little, they were a little sketchy And, and what I had found is if I stayed out of there for one day, kept that strict routine going, kept my sense all the same and never deviated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: are you know the success was a lot better than than going in there every day yeah. now if i have competition near me say a do-it-yourself guy or or something mm-hmm. like that i will bait every day okay and i will bait heavy because i want to make sure that i there's always food for that bear there and they don't have a reason to leave to go to that others guy's even if i when I go in there the next day and there's still a little bait left in the in the in the pit, mm-hmm. I still put more down, regardless. I don't want that bear wandering off. And I mean, if it since I live here and guide here, the other outfitter that is where I live, you know we have handshake agreements, you know we we stay away from each other. yeah, so usually, if I do bump into somebody baiting nearby me, if I can catch them, mm-hmm. you know we I just kindly talk to them and say you know we've been i know it's public land or whatever but we've been baiting here for a long time i don't mm-hmm. care if you stay here or whatever i don't i don't have any power over you make you move but i just want to let you know mm-hmm. that we're here because you know the majority of the time you're not going to bump into them and I, we don't want any surprises on either mm-hmm. end of ours yeah exactly. and most guys are are pretty cool they'll they'll say oh geez you know i didn't know or whatever you yeah. know and, and they'll and they'll move you know but uh, but uh, but I want to make sure if, even if they don't move or I don't bump into them, because it's pretty easy if you're a bear hunter and you're out in the woods, you you, you can see where somebody's been pulling over. Most people, if they're yeah. if they're inexperienced in the woods, they're putting ribbons and stuff up like that. So and you can't hide your trail going down into into the bait or whatever you know. And it, but if they're like a quarter mile away from me, you know. I usually don't get too concerned, but I will bait every day. I just want to make sure I don't want to lose the, the bears I have on that bait to them. You know what I mean? And I'm at an advantage cause you know, they might be baiting, you know, when they come up on the weekends or something like that, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. if I can keep that bait full, he's got no reason or that other bears have no reason to go mm-hmm. down there. Now, if it was a young kid or something like that, we'd probably just, and we bumped into them and we've done this in the past. One time we ran into a father and son that were traveling up from down in Southern Minnesota and they were, they didn't know we were in there and they were literally like 400 yards from us. And the kid was like 13. Mm -hmm. We just, we just pulled, uh, we quit baiting and pulled the stand out and let the, let the kid hunt the area, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 There was one year.
0: It was funny though. This is the year I shot my biggest bear, there, I found out opening day, there was somebody baiting 300 yards from me, and I mean, the, he pulled in 20 minutes after me, and this whole time, I had no idea he was there, I was like, really? How, yeah. <laughs> How? where did you come it, from? And he's like, yeah, I've been yeah, here yeah, since it, opening it, it, day of baiting it's season. surprising. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, I was like, what in the world? But... It worked out for me, but <laughs> just kind of surprised. Matter of fact, on his way out, he helped me pick the bear up and put it in my truck. <laughs> I got it on like yeah, Man. we don't <laughs> go ahead. Yeah,
1: uh, we we don't run into where 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 I'm guiding and where I'm baiting. We very rarely do we run into any other hunters. I mean, I'm so far. I'm about forty-five minutes from the Canadian border. Yeah, so I'm you know unless you got a guy who's really die hard or somebody who's got a cabin up here yeah you know it it's hard to to come up and and try to to do it yourself and Mm -hmm. you know try to figure out is somebody around you am i in the right place you're you're at you're at a disadvantage especially if you if you have no experience you know like but a guy like yourself you know you Mm -hmm. can you can make it work you know it's uh It, you know, there's, there's a lot of area out there and generally more of the, we, you know, I don't do any baiting around where there's a lot of cabins or anything Mm -hmm. like that or, you know, areas with campgrounds, you know, round lakes or, you know, recreation areas like that, you know, we're driving in, like I say, on logging roads and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in my, my previous uh, job, I was a logger, you know, I'm from here. I pretty much know where everything is. And I, I made my name kind of as a trapper. I was a state wolf trapper for a long time. I I know the area and, and know where I can get away from people and not have to worry about them. You know, and going back to that, um, having baits and, you know, in swamps along those uh, blacktop busy county roads, mm-hmm. highways, anything like that. A lot of people they drive right by those places Oh yeah, to go to the traditional spots. You know what I mean? And a guy that I know that was a really good bear guide who's retired, he he turned me on to that, you know, and I was like thinking to myself when he was first telling me about this, I'm like, you you gotta be kidding me. And he's like, no, he's like, you know, you think about it Mm -hmm. wherever. and, And this is one thing he brought up to me too. He said, wherever you see a road killed bear, along a major road,
2: uh-huh.
1: get out and take a look. And usually within 25 yards of either side of that bear on either, either side of the, of the road, there's usually a game trail nearby. And mm-hmm. that's been a crossing for all sorts of various animals for over the years.
0: Yeah.
1: And once I, once I figured that out, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. You know what I mean? hmm and sure enough, I mean, we've put cameras on them before. You get bears crossing on them, you know, wolves, uh, deer, moose, yep. the whole nine yards. I mean, every animal is using that trail as a path to get across that highway. You know, they might be on the on the, on a on a incline so they don't have to go through the water per se and, and get to point A to point B. You know, it's basically mm-hmm. a travel spot corridor. Right. You know what I mean? And Yeah. And... And usually with, you know, you can set up if you got the right right road, you can use the wind direction to your advantage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's yeah. one thing to think about. I mean, if anybody out there, if you ever see a, a road-killed bear on the side of the road or, or, you know, you find out, why is there always bear being hit by vehicles in that spot? You need to bust over there and take a look at it because that's probably been, had a, been a game trail there for, who knows 20, 30, 40 years that every animal in that area is using to cross right there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, just driving around, whenever I see a bear on the road, I I get very interested in that spot because even if I have no interest in hunting there, just because, you know, bears are pretty, um, you know, you don't see them too often. Right. And so when you do, it's like, there must, I, I immediately think to myself, either this, there's probably a lot of bear in this area that's why i'm seeing a bear right here and so but why is he here you know what's, what's why
1: exactly yeah because there's a
0: reason why he's crossing that road
1: you know because
0: exactly yeah yep so but i've learned some interesting things from that for sure like bear places where i wouldn't think that there would be bears there's bears you know or mm-hmm. especially when bears yep. are showing up at different like like later in the season um you know, especially towards October, you know, I started noticing that there's bears near this one. It's not too far from my house, but I'm like, man, I keep seeing bears here. And I started looking around that area. I'm like, Oh, there's a lot of oak trees here. Huh? They must be in their feeding on mm-hmm. the acorns or something, you know, but you wouldn't have ever, you wouldn't have thought that unless you'd seen
1: the bear there. So.
2: Right. But, yeah. And
1: you know, people always say, well, you know, they're just, they're just, they're meandering through the woods, you know, foraging. Yeah, not really. I mean, nope. that those bears, I mean, a little, little bear, a yearling or something, he's struck out on his own, whatever, you know, yeah. he is wandering, he's looking for a place to go.
2: Yeah,
1: But those mature sows and boars, mm-hmm. they know where they're going. They're, they're going to point A to point B, whether that's a raspberry or blueberry patch or a hazelnut patch or, or mm-hmm. bait sites, they know what time of the year to be there. And, and they know where they're going. They're not just, uh, aimlessly wandering through the woods
2: right they
1: need to you know they they need to eat as much as they can but if you have a year where you don't have high mass crops the last thing those those older bears want to do is burn calories to try to put on calories yeah yep. they won't uh you know especially up here where we don't have acorns and all that stuff and we don't really have a lot of hazelnuts either. I mean there's a few patches but not a lot. Yeah. Those those big bears, end of September last week of the season in October, if you have baits that all of a sudden just went dead and you didn't have a lot of natural food in the woods, Mm -hmm. those big those big boys are down and out because they don't want to burn what fat reserves Mm. they have put on. And what what I've noticed is when you do have those bears out running around later in the year, even if there is good food mm-hmm. and if there isn't, they're usually those one to two to three year old bears that don't know any better. You know, yep. a big mm-hmm. bear that gets to be five, 600 pounds in a year where there's not a lot of food doesn't get to be that big and that old by running around aimlessly trying to stockpile calories when there's, when there's none out there, they will, They will go right down and and take a nap.
0: Yep, exactly. One one of two things happens. Either they they shut down or if they know of a spot that they can go to, they'll they'll head there. But that's about it.
1: Yep. So, Yep. yep.
0: And then and I'll tell you if I had a if I had a dollar for every time somebody's come up and shown me a trail camera of a yearling bear in in December like oh wow I got a bear on my trail camera look at this it's in my bird feeder <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> but you yep. never you never yeah, see a five hundred pound that. bear Either in his December his
1: mother got killed or yep he he doesn't know how to fend for himself yep exactly
0: exactly so yeah I think it was last winter somebody showed me a you know a, a picture of a of a I mean it looked like a yearling bear, I don't know for sure, obviously, but it was a smaller bear anyway, and his bird feeder in um December. And he's like, I can't believe this one's still out of the den <laughs> But
1: you never see you never
0: you never see five hundred pound bears in December on trail cameras or anything.
1: No. Nope. And given nope. how many trail
0: it, it... cameras are out there, you probably would. Yeah, that that's,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Yeah. So
0: Yep, yeah, I think you're totally right there, so
1: interesting you know and our our weather here can you know i mean i've seen a foot of snow on the ground in mm. the second week in october you know what i mean oh, yeah. so usually here we've shot a few bears during that time and i've killed one but it gets to be it gets to be really tough you know you don't have the cover and yeah and by usually like i say by that time and unless it's kind of an indian summer type deal they're they're pretty much baits are stone cold and, and, and the bigger bears are down. And like we said, the, you know, usually the, the runts are out uh, running around it. And, and, it's, and usually by that time too, every bear in the area has seen bait sites and they are onto the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're yeah. in a real remote area, you know? yeah Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, um, around here, we have some acorns. We don't have any hazelnuts. Well, we might have some, but we don't have many. We, we mostly have oak trees here. And um, mm-hmm. I always hunt the late... Like, my season doesn't even start until September 25th. And so um, what I found is is that in years where there's acorns, you the bear activity will keep going strong through October. And, um, I mean, I've had a bait going all the way through mid-October before it started to peter off, you know. And that, sure. there was a bumper crop of acorns. But this last year I was hunting... And there was no, I was hunting the same spot and there was no acorns. And it was good, but it wasn't uh, great. But, but then there was a big cold front that came through and just shot down bear activity. And there was no acorns. Mm-hmm. So There's no reason for him to be out. They're like, oh, it's getting cold. There's no food. I'm going to bed.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, but, but then it got a little uh, yeah. warmer,
0: it, like it an Indian summer, and then it got a little bit better. But... Um, yeah,
1: you see a little more activity peak yeah. out. You know, and even during the the season here, sometimes we've had some pretty nasty cold fronts come through Mm -hmm. and the activity will slow down a little bit. Whereas when we, the heat never really generally bothers us. Yeah. The bears still keep coming in because, they can go to the water and, and cool off. But if we get a, a cool down or we have that, it, we have some extended periods of rain and some cold. Yeah. It, it'll it slow down until, until the front moves through and the weather gets a little bit nicer, but I've never experienced the, uh, you know, the, oh, they're not moving because it's hot. I yeah. mean, we've, we've killed bears when it's 95 degrees, yep. no problems. But yeah. with, we've gotten that real, all of a sudden, you know, that low pressure system comes in and get that extended period of rain and you get them temps down into the forties or something like that, which can happen here. Oh, it, yeah. it, it slows them down a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine. So, because even though they live, they live up North bears, they really aren't tolerant. It's kind of funny. Some with such thick fur and, you know, some you'd think would be able to stand the cold that well they don't Mm -hmm. really tolerate the cold. (laughs) It's kind of funny.
1: (laughs) They're kind of smart that way. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) Oh, funny. So, so, and then, uh, you've never, so even with the berries, you never have problems with the berries there either?
1: No, I mean, you know, I like to like this time of the year right now, I'd, Like we talked about, I'd like to have been out there, like this would have been a good weekend. I can get out there and kind of get an idea of what the berry crop is shaping up to be. I mean, it's been a, it's been, it was warm. And then now, like we said, we talked about, we've had a lot of rain and it's been cool. Mm -hmm. So we're a little bit behind schedule, which, you know, the berries will probably, if they don't drown out, will probably be pretty it should be a pretty good crop right when we start hunting, you know, this year, because yeah. we're, we're, I would say we're probably behind a week or two, you know, as mm-hmm. far as, as, as far along we should be in the season, you know, Yeah. but you want, it, it's kind of like uh trout fishing or walleye fishing or anything like that, you know, and they say you want to try to match the hatch, you know? So if you, if you have, you know, bears are 90% vegetarian, mm-hmm. except, especially around here except in the spring when they first come out you know well they'll be in the ditches or whatever getting their grass but then there's that period of time where uh, especially up here and i would assume that it's the same in wisconsin they're they're preying heavy on on uh, fawns yeah and here moose calves
0: yeah
1: that's a big thing for them up here is 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 moose calves and then once you know the green start the you know the woods turns green the the, uh, the aspen leaves come out and stuff like that stuff mm-hmm. budding then they'll move on to onto that and then of course you you know then they'll start if you get into like some clear cuts that are a few years old if you go in up here especially and you walk through and you can see they usually spread out the debris or they pile them in, in huge piles and you'll see where the bears have have gone in there and they're ripping the rotten logs open and stuff and, and looking for grubs, you know? Yeah. So then once you get your, if you, so what I do is I, I I go out and I look and I, and I see, well, we're going to have a bumper crop of uh, blueberries and raspberries. Well, I'll order a couple of, you know, 55 gallon drums of each of that flavor of, uh, filling you know mm-hmm. whether pie filling or or whatever yeah and then that i will mix that in with you know trail mix is is obviously as we all know is is yeah. the best bait out there but i yeah. i will mix that in and give them a you know like i said a am matching that hatch so i'm giving them a little of that uh so they won't wander off into those patches most of the time they don't. If if I had like a hazelnut patch near me, mm-hmm. you know, I've had them leave for until they clean out the hazelnut patch and, and then they're back in. And usually by the time we start hunting here, mm-hmm. the hazelnuts are pretty much gone. So I've never really ran into, into some problems with hazelnuts. But if you're using, you know, your trail mix or your almonds, stuff like that, yeah. uh, you know, black oil sunflower seeds, if you can find them at a decent price are that's a really good bait too, to mix in, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, another thing I do is, um, I, I, I switch up my baits. I don't, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, get hung up and they hear, you know, cookie dough is the best bait. So, and I personally, I haven't had that much luck with cookie dough. I've found that they fill up too fast on it. It's too rich. And they kind of come back and I see them on the cameras and they take a few nibbles and they leave it alone, or they they swat it to the side. If you come to your bait and you see a bunch of stuff swatted off to the side, they're sick of it. Yeah, you, you don't want to give them any. They're they're filled up on that, no matter what it is. So, yeah. I I I switch up my baits, you know. So mm-hmm. if we do have those berries, you know, they're they got sugar in them. Yep. And so I'll start off with a sweet type bait. I might. i'll I'll have the blueberry or raspberry filling in there Mm -hmm. i will throw a little bit of nuts in there not a lot i like to wait and save my trail mix for like those last four or five days Mm -hmm. and then give them give them the good stuff yeah but i'll put some cookies in there i use a lot of cookies i use a lot of uh uh different candies you know your gummies stuff like that um uh I use uh, breads and pastries. Right now I got a a 24 cubic foot freezer that's just full of uh, breads and pastries. I'll mix them in there. You know, I'll mix uh, maybe some type of syrup, maple syrup or whatever I can get my hands on to mix in with that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll put some black oil sunflower seeds in there if I can find them at a a decent price. I might mix in some cracked corn, you know, Mm -hmm. some oats, stuff like that. You know, so I like to have at least six or 10 different varieties of of bait in there. And then I'll keep an eye on that and see how that goes. I'll see what they're getting sick of. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I might move into the chewy granola for four or five days. And, uh, you know, I'll still mix in all that other stuff and I'll, and I'll slowly start, give them a little more trail mix. I might put some licorice in there. Mm -hmm. And then once we get closer to the baiting season, then I'm primarily, I'm into the trail mix. I'll mix in some peanut butter, yeah, and then um, st- I'm still putting in the raspberry or blueberry or whatever and the gummies and a little bit of candy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then I hit them with that. Another thing that I do when I first start baiting off is I'll get these big 40 or 50-pound chunks of uh, hard licorice. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, a, oh, like a, they're, they're about 24 inches long by about 10 inches wide. Yeah. And I'll take, you know, usually one or two of those and I'll take like a 24 inch uh, rebar stake that I use for water trapping and I'll pound that into the ground Mm -hmm. and uh, right at the bait site. That way, if I get any rain or I can't get to that bait site and keep my routine, say something happens or whatever, I get a rainstorm. I always got something there for them to satisfy their curiosity and and. Lick a little bit and nibble on it. I mean, a lot of the times they'll they'll rip that stake right out of the ground and and drag that off. But at least they're not coming there and they're not seeing anything. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Exactly. But even
1: if I do run out of bait, like I said before, I'm usually not hunting around anybody, so I don't really have that problem where my my baits go go cold. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, because you know. I'll... A lot of people try to associate the baits going cold with natural foods, but it probably is just other people have baits nearby you, you know. Right, and right. That's probably it, you know.
1: So the, there's – the only times I really have baits go dead is human activity. Mm-hmm. Somebody finds my bait and walks in at the wrong time, whether that would be other bear hunters or – you know the game wardens up here are they're i wouldn't say that they're hard on hunters but we've had some there's been some issues up here with illegal outfitters over the years and they've kind of cured that with the new rules that have come in but they would go in and i mean i've had it happen a few times where i've had the wardens go in and they you know at a all of a sudden you got a bear you know a, a, a shooter bear on your bait and next thing you know the game warden's popping up and he's <laughs> picking through your logs and making sure you don't have any bones in there or trash or anything like that and yeah. making sure your sign's all legal and everything like that and
2: yeah
1: man you know that's that's that can <laughs> that can really screw you up especially if it happens right before you're going to start hunting you know if it's in the oh, first yeah. couple days of baiting you, you know you might be okay but yeah, those big boys they don't they don't tolerate too much human uh interference and and no. wolves can be our other issue here they get yeah. you know yes. if we get a single wolf coming in it doesn't pose as much a problem if mm-hmm. we get a pack camped out on the bait and last year we had two areas where we had some baits where they gave us some problems i had a couple hunters sitting on baits and they had One guy had two of them pop up and another guy had one, problem being they were the adults, the alphas, and they hung around the bait. And what they're doing in there is they're looking for the cubs. Yeah. And the the wolves up here generally tend to run in packs. The reason you only see one or sometimes two at that time is because the pups and all the you know, maybe the yearlings or the two year olds are all at rendezvous sites, which is an area that the adults that they go off and hunt and then they leave the the lesser pack members back in an area and then they bring the food back to them and they use these sites every year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what they're what those adults are doing in there, and we've seen it on camera, all of a sudden you might have a sow with cubs in there or you have a smaller bear in there and all of a sudden you get the picture of the bears leaving Mm -hmm. And the next one is a flash of the, of the wolves going after them. And the next camera shot is one or two of them sniffing around the bait site. And we, we have seen spots where they've killed, you know, the yearling cubs, right. You know, that were born that spring, you know, close to the bait site. And we've seen their, you know, their scat in the road near our baits or our trails going in with the, with the black hair in it, you know, so, and you know, we go ahead. We've seen where we and we've had them run those bigger bears off off a of camera, you know it. Mm-hmm. As soon as they move out, the bigger ones will come back in, yeah. but usually the sows and cubs will will disperse which we we want anyways in yeah. the in the smaller ones, but they are they are uh, those wolves are definitely a, a predator on the bears up here and you know they'll 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 kill those bigger bears too in the dens over the winter if they're mm-hmm. They're in there hibernating, and they can get at them and kill them. I mean, they will. Yep, yep.
0: I know exactly. I mean, the um, my my favorite bait site. Um, it's got uh, there, there's about a three or four group of wolves. I don't know if it's a full pack or not, but um, they 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 always come around my bait site and. It, they they're always I mean I got the same thing where they, they run the little bears off. You'll see the little bear it'll be looking over at the at something and then it'll run off and then the next picture's a wolf standing there sniffing around, you know. And then um but it seems like the bigger bears when I say bigger, I mean like two hundred and fifty pound bear or so. Maybe maybe even a two hundred pound boar or whatever. But they, they tend to the wolves at least at my sight, they don't tend to mess with the bigger bears as much. But it's like I've seen where the wolves push the bigger bear off and the bigger bear comes back and push the wolf off. But um, what I found, though, is that the wolves were coming in just because I was putting donuts out. I don't know if it's the grease in the donuts or what, but they were coming in, they were eating the donuts, and then when I stopped using donuts, the wolves didn't come in. I don't know Hmm. I, I thought that was the weirdest thing. But, I mean, I literally have pictures of wolves eating donuts, just donuts. They wouldn't eat anything else. They wouldn't eat the, the trail mix, the candy, the even the bread. They weren't real interested in the bread, but they were very interested in the donuts. I just thought it was the funniest thing to see that. So I'll have to send you that yeah, picture. It, it's goofy. It's like, what's?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a, I'd like to see that. You know, usually usually what what we see, what they're eating and what have guys have seen on the bait sites, is mm-hmm. if you're using a lot of black licorice it has that anise smell to it yeah. and that's an attractant to all animals i mean that's a that's a universal attractant you watch your bait sites we got snowshoe hares eating that stuff <laughs> everything is in there eating that stuff but yeah. the, the the wolves are attracted to that black licorice for that anise smell mm-hmm. you know and it's, if if we don't have to strain our fryer oil here so i have okay. a a few huge sources I go through about probably close to four to 500 gallons of that stuff a year and it's all unstrained. So I have, (laughs) you know, excuse me where they've been frying fish in there and chicken sandwiches and all that stuff. So that, you know, I get all those crumbs and everything over our bait logs and our stumps and stuff like that. So they're, they're in there attracted to that too. And they're also, they're attracted to whatever spray sense you're, you're spraying out there too. I mean, uh, you know they're a lot of those scents they're just they're just universally attracted you know they're an attractant to uh everything but uh you know up here i mean i know a lot i you had bernie on and bernie was talking about using a lot of beef fat and stuff like that and and i I have i had a a cousin of mine was a is a processor at a butcher place where they you know the farming area in Wisconsin so he Mm -hmm. he had a unlimited supply of beef fat for me you know and you you get that little bit of meat on there and boy I'll tell you I tried it and I waited right till the end you know and used it with the trail mix and one thing I found is you know my the bears didn't like it they Uh didn't eat it at all it became rancid Uh and as soon as that happened I had nothing but wolves and coyotes and then sometimes if if you have a little opening in your canopy, you're mm-hmm. gonna have raven troubles and that's the last <laughs> thing you want to have find your bait because once they find that, that bait's toast. You're gonna have, you know they're gonna be crapping all over that thing. and as soon as you come in there to I don't care how many logs or whatever you put down in there as soon as a bear opens it and if they don't eat it all, the ravens are gonna be right in there and eating and everything. so that's that's another thing to keep in mind. make sure you got that good overhead cover. Yeah, over your bait. So so they don't find it, you know, I mean, they they they, they can find anything. But uh, I I had found that using that uh, beef fat and stuff, I, I had nothing but but uh, canine troubles with it. So I've I've strictly stayed away from that, you know, and yeah. Fish oil, shellfish oil, stuff like that is another. It's that's a good bear attractant, but yeah, that's also another universal attractant to predators. You know, canines, coyotes, and and stuff like that. And you don't you don't want them
0: hanging around,
1: hanging around your baits.
0: No, definitely. That's I probably because we're allowed to use uh, meat here in Michigan, but I've never used it on that spot just because. I mean, I haven't used anything. I haven't used fish. I haven't used Cause I mean, um, a lot of guys around here, they'll shoot, uh, suckers and carp and stuff and, um, or, or catch them or whatever and just throw them out on the bait. But the problem is you get, you know, I mean, I've seen two where you have wolves coming in from it. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, I don't even bother anymore. It's, I mean, it'd be nice cause I probably could get, it probably would be pretty easy to get, um, you know, especially meat scraps. And I'm sure the, if if there was no wolves, the bigger boars, especially I've heard really like the meat, but I'm not even going to try it. Cause I don't think it's don't right. Nothing but wolves there. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I, one thing I do, I, I normally don't tell anybody this, but uh, I do a lot of, I trap a lot of beaver in the, in the spring and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in the fall. And I do some control work in the summertime for, you know, the highway department and, and some other entities, but mm-hmm instead of using that beaver meat, I mean, bears are really attracted to anything beaver. It's sweet and it's got a strong smell, but yeah. so are wolves and everything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I use a lot of beaver tails. And what yeah. I do is I take them and I put them up as high as I can. And then I, and I nail them into the tree above the bait site. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, man, those, those bears, you get that, especially in the springtime when the beavers are out traveling, they're, they're dropping the caster all over for for their scent to find their mates and mark their territories and stuff. And yep. beaver caster is another uni- universal attractant. So it really gets, especially in the spring, that stuff gets impregnated in the tail and around the fur on the tail. So I'll lop the tails off mm-hmm. and leave, you know, two or three inches of that hair on there yeah. and throw them in my freezer. And then when we, when we bait, I mean, I always nail a, nail a beaver tail up, um, and I tell you that watching the cameras, that's one of the first things they go for. And then you don't have that, you know, that big chunk of or scraps of meat in there to go rancid because that's usually one of the first things and they, they go for and they don't have any problem ripping it right off of that, uh, you know, just use a little finishing nail or something like that to hold it up there. But they love those beaver tails. But I won't use – when we start hunting, I won't – smear anything up on trees or hang anything like that i want that that bears when they come in i want their full focus on that bait pile you know i don't want them trying to climb trees or you know (laughs) lick frosting seven feet off the ground at a at a tree that's five feet away from the bait pile you know i want i want that bear focused in on on my hollow stump or my pit with the logs on it or or mm-hmm. or whatever have you you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly exactly that's an
0: interesting thought because i've never really thought of that to have you know have them just focus on the bait because i mean i'm always putting up attractants and everything but i've never i've never thought of it to where i just want because huh and yeah because otherwise you're gonna it's gonna be hard to get because it, it's nice when they go right to the bait pile because then you have a perfect shot but if they're up
1: sniffing or trying to climb a tree that's tough Right. And then, you know, he, what happens is especially guiding is you, is you got the guy up there and the longer it takes for that bear to get into that bait, you know, what happens to that hunter, the more nervous he gets and the more antsy he gets and the more opportunity he's going to take a, the more chances are, he's going to take a bad shot and you're going to have a wounded bear and you're going to be, you're going to be tracking. So I you know if i if I do put any frosting or whatever down, I put it on the on the bait logs or the stump top or the rock that's on top of the stump. I don't want that bear's attention anywhere else but right there in that bait, you know, and mm-hmm. another thing that uh, I know you and I texted back and forth the other night about yeah. it is uh, I like to use, especially when we start hunting, I like to use you know. If, hard candies and that in trail mixes is,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is really good to use when that bear gets in there and and he starts eating and he starts crunching mm-hmm. on that hard stuff i mean you could test it out on yourself get some uh if i can find them uh, those valentine candy hearts that are like rock hard mm-hmm. and i like to use a lot of them if i can find them they're hard to find but trail mix will will yeah. suffice for it but you start crunching on that stuff and what happens is you get that echo in your ear and you can't hear and the same thing happens to that bear when he's in there eating that stuff. So if you do happen to do a little light noise or something like that or your stand squeaks, you know, you might you might get that second that you need, you know, to recover from making that noise and I had that happen to me one time I had a bear come in Mm -hmm. And I went to go, he was in there eating and I had, it was full of trail mix and, and hard candies and stuff like that. And my gun butt hit the side of my stand. Uh And I thought, I just like hesitated for a second thought. And he had, he had no clue. And I mean, it was definite to where I thought, well, that was it. You know, I just screwed up, you know, that's That's, a, that's another, another thing to, uh, to keep in mind, you know, that was a, Another tip I, I picked up from a bear guide. I mean I was I was lucky enough I this will be my ten year anniversary of having my own business this fall and I was fortunate enough that I grew up around, you know, some very I mean some really good bear guides that were guiding in the sixties and seventies
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, right up into the to two thousand. The guy that I really learned everything from is it died uh, fairly young, but, uh, he learned probably from one of the best bear guides that was in Minnesota. And, uh, he's probably in his late eighties now, early nineties. He hasn't guided for a long time, but,
2: uh,
1: he, uh, he had some guides that are still guiding out there in various areas of the state that he that apprenticed under him. So, I mean, I was, I was very lucky that, you know, that, that, uh, that slowed my learning curve, you know, advanced my learning curve a lot. and you know, I didn't have to really do a lot of, you know, hard knocks. You know, I, I had some really good guys who helped me along the way and showed me a lot. You know, I was well ahead of the curve than somebody who, uh, you know, just went out there and, uh, tried to start a business on their own or, or yeah. start bear hunting. So I was, I was really lucky, you know, and I, you know, you can, you know, you don't have to, everything I'm telling you, I've done a lot of trapping demonstrations across the country too. And I always tell people, you know, what works for me might not work for you, but you can always learn something from somebody else. I always try to take a tidbit, you know, I've learned a lot just reading on various forums and, and listening to other people, you know, you, you pick up that one little tip, you know, could be what, makes you, makes you successful, you know?
2: And
1: if you don't agree with something that, you you know, that's good because your brain is, you're thinking, you're thinking for yourself. You're just not getting caught in the rut of, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. damn pastries ain't working or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) That, uh, you can, you can always pick up that, that one little tip, you know, to, uh, keep ahead of the the ball game so to speak yep yep definitely the uh it you know because we're,
0: we're both members on the hunting beast forum and, and for the listeners if you want to if you want to read about some really uh advanced sort of bear tactics you definitely want to check out the hunting beast forum i
1: mean the, the stuff yeah, that's on there's, there's like good wow. guys on there <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah there's a lot of good info on there for anybody who uh you know is is just starting out or mm-hmm. Even if they have you know like myself twenty some years of experience you can you can always you can always pick something up the the learning the learning curve never stops. I mean that, no, you know no. that'll that'll keep going forever because bears are like people they have their own personality. Yeah. you know bears in my area of the state where I'm at are even though they're still bears, mm-hmm. can be totally different from a bear that's over on the northwest side of the state. you know what I mean I mean yeah. Even, even 40, 50 miles from here, you know, you, you can run into some, you know, you got a whole different terrain, you got different foods, mm-hmm. you got, uh, you know, and different weather systems even. Like where I live, we talked about, I live close to Lake Superior, I'm only a mile away from the lake, and we do hunt close mm-hmm. to, to the lake. So yep. Usually in the summer, it's cooler by the lake. Yeah. You get over in we call it inland. you get ten miles inland, twenty miles inland. Mm-hmm. It might be sixty five degrees at three o'clock in the afternoon where my guys are hunting close to the lake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You get that ten twelve miles inland. it might be eighty three eighty four eighty five degrees up there, yeah, yeah, I believe it and it could be it could be, <laughs> and it could be you know it could be it could be raining up there and cool, and the sun could be out down here and no rain at all. so it yeah. It uh, the mm. weather can really can vary where I'm at, you know. Oh yeah,
0: Lake Superior has got a crazy pull, you know, control of the climate. I mean, I used to live. Oh. I I used to live well. The I've I've lived all over the U.P. of Michigan, but um, I've always lived sort of in the highlands above, you know, above the shore to Lake Superior, and I mean it's crazy the difference in um snowfall and the difference in climate when i lived uh near Marquette, Michigan, it it would just like that. It would be 70 degrees in, you know, probably 20 miles from town. You get down to Marquette it's 50. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. crazy. So or on the flip side, you'd you'd go to you'd be in, in upland up and You'd have, you know, you'd get a foot of snow. You'd drive down to Marquette, and there was no snow. Like, what in the world? That was early winter, and the later yeah. winter was the opposite.
1: So, <laughs>
2: but.
1: yeah, that, that's what happens to, closer to the lake here. In the winter time, we get the big deer migration because the snow depth is is less because it's not as it's not as cold down here. Yeah, and, and then you get when once you get, like I said, three to four, five miles inland. Mm-hmm. There's we, there's like the snow line we call it. That's generally you know mostly where the snow is. Once you get up over the hill, we call it up here. you Yeah, you'll get into the high snow depth. it's not as bad down by the lake, so that's where all our our deer. We're we're kind of known for that big deer migration down towards the lake. Yep, yep.
0: We call them deer yards here. I don't know if you call them. Yep, up there. It, yep. they
1: yard up here. I mean, yep, you come up here way. on in February and March, and there's just hundreds of deer along in the ditches from. From Duluth up, it's crazy. Yep, this is sometimes you kind of wonder where the heck they all were in November, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, and it's funny too. There, I've got pictures.
0: They they act totally different in the winter time too. It's like they understand the game. This has nothing to do with bears. Oh yeah, interesting. The um the the I got pictures of of this last winter. We were at snowmobiling at my buddy's camp, and we had this doe walk right into camp and he pulled an apple that he had been eating and he fed it, you know, hand fed it to the deer. This is the same camp that they deer, that's like a deer hunting camp. (laughs) You know, this doe had nothing, nothing to do with this guy, you know, (laughs) three months ago. (laughs) It's just hilarious.
1: It's great. And we, we feed deer at my house here too. I got some feeders up that I always put out in the wintertime and I, usually feed you know anywhere between 10 to 25 deer a year depending how the population is doing we're down yeah. a little bit right now from yeah. some hard winters but yeah it's you go out there it's kind of like bear baiting sometimes they hear that crack corn or that whole corn <laughs> or grain or whatever swishing around and you dump that bucket and tap it on the trough and yeah they come running right <laughs> out you know it's crazy yep yep
0: exactly